This is Swipe Right for Sleep with Adriana. Hey there, dreamer, and welcome to another episode of Swipe Right for Sleep the podcast that helps you sleep. We are going to be reading in Peter Pan for tonight's story. We're going to be in chapter 12. But before we get going, I just want to give you a little recap of what happened in chapter 11. In chapter 11, Wendy is reading a story to the Lost Boys. And they're falling asleep and everything. And then all of a sudden, they are stolen. They are taken away. So for tonight's story, we're going to read what happens. So this is chapter 12. The children are carried off. Make sure you are laying down, comfortable, and in a favorite spot. That's safe. And you're under a blanket. Close your eyes. Relax. And let's get to reading our story. The pirate attack had been a complete surprise, a sure proof that the unscrupulous hook had conducted it improperly, for to surprise redskins fairly is beyond the wit of the white man. By all the unwritten laws of savage warfare, it is always the redskin who attacks, and with the willingness of his race he does it just before the dawn, at which time he knows the courage of the whites to be at its lowest ebb. The white men have in the meantime made a rude stockade on the summit of yonder undulating ground, at the foot of which a stream runs, for it is destruction to be too far from water. There they await the onslaught, the inexperienced ones clutching their revolvers and treading on twigs, but the old hands sleep tranquilly until just before the dawn, through the long black night the savage scouts wriggle, snake-like among the grass without stirring a blade. The brushwork closes behind them, as silently as sand into which a mole has dived. Not a sound is to be heard, save when they give vent to a wonderful imitation of the lonely call of the coyote. The cry is answered by other braves, and some of them do it better than the coyotes, who are not very good at it. So the chill hours wear on, and the long suspense is horribly trying to the pale face who has to live through it for the first time. But to the trained hand, these ghastly calls and still ghastlier silences are but an intimidation of how the night is marching. That this was the usual procedure was so well known to Hook that in disregarding it, he cannot be excused at the plea of ignorance. The Piccaninnies, on their part, trusted implicitly to his honor and their whole action of the night stands out in the marked contrast to his. They left nothing undone that was consistent with the reputation of their tribe, with that alertness of the senses which is at once marvel and despair of civilized people. They knew that the pirates were on the island from the moment one of them trod on a dry stick, and in an incredibly short space of time, the coyote cries began. Every foot of ground between the spot where Hook had landed, his forces and the home under the trees was stealthily examined by braves, wearing their moccasins with the heels in front. They found only one hillock with a stream at its base, so that Hook had no choice 
Here he must establish himself and wait for just the dawn before everything being thus mapped out with almost diabolical cunning. The main body of the redskins folded their blankets around them, and in the phlegmatic manner that is to them, the pearl of manhood squatted above the children's home, awaiting the cold moment when they should deal pale death. Here, dreaming, through wide awake of the exquisite tortures to which they were to put him at break of day, those confiding savages were found by the treacherous hook. From the accounts afterwards, supplied by such of the scouts as escaped the carnage, he does not even to have paused at the rising ground, though it is certain that in that gray light he must have seen it. No thought of waiting to be attacked appears from first to last to have visited his subtle mind. He would not have hold off until the night was nearly spent. On he pounded with no policy but to fall to. What could the bewildered scouts do? Masters as they were of every warlike artifice, save this one. But trot helplessly after him, exposing themselves fatally to view while they gave pathetic utterance to the coyote cry. Around the brave tiger lily were a dozen of her stoutest warriors, and they suddenly saw the perfidious pirates bearing down upon them. Fell from their eyes then the film through which they had looked at victory. No more would they torture at the stake. For them the happy hunting grounds was now. They knew it, but as their father's sons they acquitted themselves. Even then, they had time to gather in a dense formation that would have been hard to break had they risen quickly. But this they were forbidden to do by the traditions of their race. It is written that the noble savage must never express surprise in the presence of the white. Thus, terrible as the sudden appearance of the pirates must have been to them, they remained stationary for a moment not a muscle moving, as if the foe had come by invitation. Then, indeed, the tradition gallantly upheld, they seized their weapons, and the air was torn with the war cry, but it was now too late. It is no part of ours to describe what was a massacre rather than a fight. Thus perished many of the flower of the Piccaninny tribe. Not all unavenged did they die, for with lean wolf fell Alf Mason, to disturb the Spanish main no more, and among others who bit the dust were Geo, Scoury, Chas, Turley, and the Alstatian Fogatree. Turley fell to the tomahawk of the terrible panther, who ultimately cut away through the pirates with Tiger Lily and a small remnant of the tribe. To what extent Hook is to blame for his tactics on the occasion is for the historian to decide. Had he waited on the rising ground till the proper hour, he and his men would probably have been butchered, and in judging him, it is only fair to take this into account. What he should perhaps have done was to acquaint his opponents that he proposed to follow a new method. On the other hand, this, as destroying the element of surprise, would have made his strategy no avail, so that the whole question is beset with difficulties. One cannot at least withhold a reluctant admiration for the wit that had conceived so bold a scheme, and the deadly genius with which it was carried out. What were his own feelings about himself at the triumphant moment? Fain would his dogs have known, 
As breathing heavily and wiping their cutlasses, they gathered at a discreet distance from his hook and squinted through their ferret eyes at this extraordinary man. Elation must have been in his heart, but his face did not reflect it. Ever a dark and solitary enigma, he stood aloof from his followers in spirit as in substance. The knight's work was not yet over, for it was not the redskins he had come out to destroy. They were but the bees to be smoked, so that he should get at the honey. It was Pan he wanted, Pan and Wendy and their band, but chiefly Pan. Peter was such a small boy that one tends to wonder at the man's hatred of him. True, he had flung Hook's arm to the crocodile, but even this, and the increased insecurity of life to which it led, owing to the crocodile's persistence, hardly account for a vindictiveness so relentless. The truth is that there was a something about Peter which goaded the pirate captain to frenzy. It was not his courage. It was not his engaging appearance. It was not. There is no beating about the bush, for we know quite well it was, and have got to tell, it was Peter's cockiness. This had got on Hook's nerves. It made his iron claw twitch, and at night it disturbed him like an insect. While Peter lived, the tortured man felt that he was a lion in a cage into what a sparrow had come. The question now was how to get down the trees or how to get his dogs down. He ran his greedy eyes over them, searching for the thinnest ones. They wriggled uncomfortably, for they knew he would not hesitate to ram them down with poles. In the meantime, what of the boys? We have seen them at the first cling of the weapons, turned as it were into stone figures, open-mouthed, all appealing, with outstretched arms to Peter, and we return to them as their mouths close and their arms fall at their sides. The pandemonium above has ceased almost as suddenly as it arose, passed like a fierce gust of wind, but they know that in the passing it has determined their fate. Which side had won? The pirates, listening avidly at the mouths of the trees, heard the questions put by every boy, and alas, they also heard Peter's answer. If the Redskins have won, he said, they will beat the Tom-Tom. It is always their sign of victory. Now Smee had found the Tom-Tom and was at that moment sitting on it. You will never hear the Tom-Tom again, he muttered, but inaudibly, of course, for strict silence had been urged. To his amazement, Hook signed him to beat the tom-tom, and slowly there came to Smee an understanding of the dreadful wickedness of the order. Never, probably, had this simple man admired Hook so much. Twice, Smee beat upon the instrument, and then stopped to listen gleefully. The tom-tom, the miscreants heard Peter cry, an Indian victory. The doomed children answered with a cheer that was music to the black hearts above, and almost immediately they repeated their goodbyes to Peter. This puzzled the pirates, but all their other feelings were swallowed by a base delight that the enemy were about to come up the trees. They smirked at each other and rubbed their hands. Rapidly and silently, Hook gave his orders, one man to each tree, and the others to arrange themselves into two lines yards apart.
Hey there, dreamer. Are you still awake? That's totally okay. But while I have you, are you following our social media accounts? If not, you should. Because I will start posting things more on there for contests and information about our Patreon and other little tidbits. And if you don't know what those are, we have a Twitter account, which is at Swipe4Sleep, and the four is the number four. We have our Facebook, which is Swipe Right for Sleep Podcast with Adriana. And we have our Instagram, which is Swipe Right for Sleep Podcast. You can also follow our website, which is www.swiperightforsleep.com. It's where I will post blog posts or articles or any interesting spotlights that we do on our authors. And you can check on that website for that information. Thank you again for listening, and I hope that you have a great night's sleep. 